And welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle Podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. Now, if you didn't already get what I was doing when I, you know, did my beautiful introduction, um, you know, we're going to be covering a little movie today from, I think, actually 2013, but it came out in 2014 on, like, VOD and stuff. And that's a little movie by the name of... Nurse 3D. Uh, you know, it's just, it, <laughs> this movie. Let me tell you something. So, I am doing this movie because it uh, apparently came out in February of 2014, um, like on like VOD and in very limited theaters. And we'll talk about that. But, um, yeah, this film, I, um, listen, it, I, I don't know how to even like. I guess I will explain it today on this episode, but this film is just uh, kind of a garbage mess, but I can't help but enjoy it. Like, really, truly. Um, just just Paz de la Huerta as, as, as her own person, as her own self. Um, it's just a sight to behold, really. I mean, truly. Uh, I think I became familiar with this movie, honestly, from listening to, uh, shout out, Horror Queers. Uh, they did an episode on this, I think, like, two years ago or something. And that's where I first became aware of it. And I was like, what the hell is Nurse 3D? And uh, and I was like, I guess I'm going to try and watch this movie. Um, because as I kind of went down a rabbit hole of it, I just was like, oh, this movie is, like, fucking weird as hell. Like, this movie is just, like kind of camp but like a little bit like i don't know like is there is i feel like there is an intentional camp there but then also it's like were they really trying to make like a like an erotic thriller or something like i don't know exactly um i think it fails on all fronts really but i i don't know it's but there's something about it you just can't keep your eyes off of. You know what I mean? And I think that's what's very interesting about this film. Um, but yeah, that's my history with it is I, I came across it and God, this movie is just like fucking, oh, I, I just, I don't own it or anything, but I probably would own it to be honest. I'm sure I could get it for kind of like, you know, reasonable price on Blu-ray or something. But you know, I, I just, <laughs> and yeah, I, I just kind of love the way that like Paz de la Huerta speaks in this movie. Uh, Abby Russell. Uh, God, it's just like, anyway, I'm going to keep going on and on, I guess. But uh, as we normally do on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, you know, production of this movie, uh, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. You know, we'll talk about, you know, the plot and some of the standout scenes. Um, I'll tell you right now, I don't think we have to go too deep into themes right now because um, there isn't a ton to this movie. But, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out. But as uh, we normally do, let's uh, move on to those figures and all that. Now, with this movie, Nurse, or Nurse 3D, because there is that 3D component, uh, this movie was actually premiered in September 28th of 2013 uh, in Zurich, um, and it was released in the U.S. on VOD and also limited release uh, February 7th of 2020. Uh, it was released uh, February 7th of 2014 
in the US uh, and also like a limited release as well uh, so that is why you are hearing this right around the same time that it would have came out in the United States um, and all of that we're looking at 84 minute runtime, and then this was a $10 million budget that this was, and it was also released by Lionsgate. It was distributed by them. And, uh, well, let's just say, uh, <laughs> uh, this movie only made about $80,231 US, uh, for like a theatrical, and then even like in terms of, the actual box office i'm like i don't think they really made much in terms of that back i think it really didn't get that um yeah that's what we're looking at it made about eight hundred thousand dollars altogether not not great um but anyway so then we have for our like critic scores and stuff from like rotten tomatoes we have 64 percent out of 25 reviews uh from critics on rotten tomatoes and then 34 percent from audience uh from about 1000 ratings and this movie uh is at a 2.3 out of 5 on letterboxd so yeah now as we talk about our cast and crew a little bit, so we'll talk a little bit about them. So we have the director, who is Douglas uh, Arniakoski, I believe. Um, so he is the general, like, he's the guy who directed this movie. Um, he also directed something called Highlander Endgame, which I don't know what the hell that is, but okay. Um, the Day also is what he did. Um, and a movie called Animals. Okay cool he also apparently did uh, a movie called uh the safe side stranger safety and he did that in 2005 and it teaches you about how to not you know um it teaches you about how to not talk to strangers i guess and to stay safe so good for him um but he also assisted directed on a couple of things so he was assistant director on from dust till dawn um and also like austin powers uh the international man of mystery four rooms from quentin tarantino and also uh at least one of the puppet master movies i think it was puppet master four so yeah who was he in the faculty though wait a minute it says he's a star of the faculty now we gotta look you're going on this journey with me everybody okay apparently douglas okay so apparently the director of this brun coach okay so i guess this guy is a coach in the faculty that's kind of interesting oh and guess what he also like wrote this movie that's not nice um he so he actually co-wrote this with david lowry um lowry something like that um that guy did uh, a star trek movie he did star trek 5 the final frontier which was directed by william shatner and also like a movie called obsessed and a movie called the intruder a couple of, oh and tom and huck remember tom and huck from uh the 90s with jonathan taylor thomas in it yeah well he also he got that guy wrote that that's fun um so yeah he directed this movie um and you know all that the composer is anton sanko which we just heard his name uh because he actually did um the music for one of the other movies we just had which if i'm not mistaken i believe was oh party girl that's what we did so I'm t- i'll talk about party girl um 
in a couple weeks time but yes he did the song he did the music for that but he also did the movie for ouija he did the movie for this movie or he did the music for this movie uh oh he also did fab five the texas cheerleader scandal that's fun is that the one where they all get pregnant at the same time no maybe not what is this one Ooh, I don't know. I guess they did some shit. Ooh, and that Fab Five movie was directed by Tom McLaughlin. Yeah! Uh, we love that. Anyway, so, yeah. And then, what else? What else? Um, who else is in this? Uh, the guy who shot this movie, his name is Boris something. Hold on, I'm going to find it real quick. It is Boris... Uh, Mojovsky, I believe. So he's the cinematographer of this movie. Um, he also worked with uh, Doug before on the day. He was the cinematographer of that. And also, uh, yeah, I don't really know what else he did, to be honest. Um, okay. So he did those things. That's pretty much it. Um, and then anybody else of note? Anybody else fun to kind of look at? Oh, and... Andrew Coates, who's the editor of this movie. Let's see what else he did. Hmm. Dum, 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 dum. Where is it? Let me look real quick. You know, I'm just on my phone right now, like, you know, looking all this shit up. Oh, so he was actually part of the Saw franchise. Um, so he did Saw 6 and Saw 3D. And he also did a movie called Blood Sucking Bastards. So that's fun. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of like the main f- people. Um, of course, you have uh, Mark Beinstock, uh, who's the producer of this movie. So he's like a Lionsgate producer. So he did like Old and Split, Knock at the Cabin, um, things like that. So that's what he did with producing. Um, yeah. And then like the assistant director of this, uh, he actually had worked with... Um, he did Death Proof and like Shark Boy and Lava Girl, The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and like Spy Kids, uh, all the time in the world, apparently. Um, so he was uh, the assistant director on this movie. Oh, and then also, I guess another person of note, if anything, would be Zaldi. Um, Zaldi is the uh, so what they're kind of known for is uh, doing RuPaul's like gowns and outfits and stuff um so that's kind of what they're known for to do um and but they did the costumes for this uh which kind of makes sense and the makeup was done by a canadian person um by the name of steven um kostansky and so he actually did this makeup but he also did the makeup for clown and also the first it movie as well so that's kind of fun but yeah, that's what we're looking at in terms of crew that we can think of in terms of any note. Um, and then for the cast, we have the one, the only, Paz de la Huerta, as Abigail Russell. Um, yeah, so if you don't know Paz de la Huerta, she's in, like, um, mostly well-known for being in Enter the Void, I guess, which is a Gaspar Noé film. Um, I have watched it, and it's a trip, but it's actually not a bad movie. I don't think it's terrible. That, she's also in A Walk to Remember. She plays one of the bad girls, along with Lauren German from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake. Um, she's also in The Cider House Rules as well, with Tobey Maguire. Um... God, who else? Uh, she's in the editor as well, which is a little spoof on like Giallo movies, like horror movies and stuff, which is kind of fun. 
And uh, we'll talk all about we'll talk a little bit about Paz de la Huerta in a little bit. So she's the main person of this movie. She plays Abby Russell. Then we have Katrina Bowden. So Katrina Bowden is from um, like One Life to Live. Um, and she's a Jersey girl. Um, I think a lot of people would know her from being in um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is actually a really decent film. I think she plays the love interest to uh, Dale, I believe. Um, so she's also in American Reunion, apparently, as well. Um, and she's also in Scary Movie 5. Um, oh, dear Lord. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about uh, we're not going to talk about that movie. I do not like those later movies. Uh, they're not that good. So anyway, but that is Katrina Bowden. She plays uh, Danny Rogers. Then we have Judd Nelson. So if you don't know who Judd Nelson is, so he is from kind of the the brat pack, if you will. Like he was in um, the Breakfast Club, Saint Elmo's Fire, New Jack City. He was. Uh, uh, Brooke Shields' boss on Suddenly Susan back in the 90s. Um, he's kind of been in a bunch of different things. So, Judd Nelson, very well known. Um, he was just in the Brooke Shields documentary that came out about her life um, and all of that. So, he's uh, pretty well known. He plays Dr. Rich, uh, Robert Morris. Corbin Blue from High School Musical. Uh, he was in this movie where he plays Danny's boyfriend, Steve. Um, and then also you have a two-time Emmy Award winner for Daytime and Primetime Emmy, uh, Miss Niecy Nash uh, Betts. Uh, queer icon we love her uh she is from reno 911 she's from clean house uh she was in the Dahmer series which she won a primetime emmy for that and then also she's in this playing regina um but yeah she's an icon and we love nisi dash here um martin donovan's in this movie as well he plays the therapist he plays um danny's stepfather but he's he's a therapist to abby i guess um he's obviously most well known for being well of course i will always know him as uh pastor skip from saved but also he was in um the remake of ring uh, of you know the ring pretty much uh he's in a haunting in connecticut he uh is in malcolm x he's been in all sorts of things okay you know this man uh but yeah that's him um let's see who else who else uh i don't know who boris kojo is i don't really know him like that apparently he was in like a few resident evil movies uh he's been like a Medea movie before um you know hey listen we all need a job we all need to work so I get it. Apparently he was German born and that's fun. And he was a model. He was very handsome. I will give him that. Uh, but yeah, apparently he was on soul food back in the day. Um, and he's also on real husbands of Hollywood. Oh my, my, my. Um, anyway, so yeah, but that's him. He plays the detective in this movie. Kathleen Turner got five minutes in this movie. Good for her. Okay. Like, Oh dear Lord in heaven. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, like, pretty much our cast that I could really think of. There's nobody else of, like, particular note in this movie that I could really think. Um, so that's what we have in terms of in terms of that. Now, we went over the cast, we went over the crew, all that good stuff. So then we got to talk a little bit about this film. So the production of this movie took place from September to October of 2011. And uh, pretty much what happened was that uh, 
in about April of 2011, uh, Doug uh, actually signed on to direct this movie called The Nurse 3D, which was produced by Lionsgate. And like I said, Zaldi was the costume designer. They would have been really hot off of, um, you know, doing RuPaul's stuff a little bit if they had. I think they were around that time anyway. Um, So, (laughs) by the by... The film itself is inspired by the photography of then Lionsgate chief marketing officer, a guy by the name of Tim Palin. Um, So Tim Palin is a photographer. He was also a marketing executive. Um, And he got very well known to... He did some photography for um, a couple of movies. So Bug... High Tension, Hostile, and Saw. So he did, um, like, a couple of those, like, photo shoots there. He did a lot of fashion photography or just, like, you know, really weird photography, I guess, or whatever the hell. Um, But, yeah, apparently that's kind of one of the things... um, Because one of the big things he did was he did a campaign... um, for blood drives for saw so a long-running promotional campaign for the saw franchise was that they suggested a blood drive to increase visibility from this um and they thought it was a good idea and so um palin photographed um i believe it was who was it it was somebody by the name of schmick who is that though so anyway pretty much what happened was they shot this uh, picture of a nurse with blood smeared cleavage for the poster. And so in preparation of the release of saw two, Palin expanded the um, blood drive to 10 States. And then by saw three, it was even further. And he actually asked Tobin bell, who is jigsaw uh, to donate his own blood to mix it to the ink with the um, poster. And uh, although Lionsgate had advertised the 2010 installment of the Saw franchise as the final chapter, they revived the series in 2017 with Jigsaw, um, and he revisited the Blood Drives as well. Um, but also, this time, it was challenging the American Red Cross, uh, because you, if you're gay, you could not give... You, I still think it's hard for you to give blood, technically. Um, so, yeah... Anyway, but uh, needless to say, because of Palin's interest in this type of photography and being that he's a marketing executive in charge of all that stuff, um, you know, I think that's kind of where this came from is just his own photography for a way bigger movie than this. So that's that's pretty much what happened there. I mean, I really don't think... Like I said, he wrote the movie with somebody else. Like, it's not like this was something that was, like, you know, art, okay? Like, it was supposed to be something where it was just, like, sexy stripper nurses and, like... Not even stripper nurses, but, like, just sexy nurses. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what this was. And, and it's interesting, too, because I, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit once we get to the release, but... But yeah, so they ended up uh, getting Paz de la Huerta, and then about a month later, Corbin Blue came on, um, and yeah, that's what they did. 
And then, uh, so principal photography took place, uh, like I said, from September to October of 2011. Um, and then during filming of this movie, Paz de la Huerta was actually struck by a stunt ambulance that was supposed to drive by her. And so the production actually later paid $73,000 in workers' comp fees for her injuries. Um, so that happened, right? And then in 2015, De La Huerta actually sued the producers of this movie, so that Mark Bernstein, Bernstock guy or whatever. Um, he, she uh, pretty much sued all these people uh, for $55 million dollars claiming that the overdub that was done by another actress uh, in this film has inf- had infringed on her rights and damaged her career. And needless to say, the lawsuit was not successful. Um, so if you do decide, or if you have seen this movie, or if you decide to go and look for this movie, and you watch it, it was on Roku Channel for a minute, um, you may be wondering, wait a minute, is that Paz de la Huerta's voice in this voiceover? And I will tell you, no, no, it is not. Because apparently she was so bad at it that they had to have her, somebody else come in and overdub it, pretty much. Um, I will say, though, too, with this, though, because I don't want to just shit on Paz de la Huerta, even though I don't know where exactly... <laughs> you you sue for $55 million. I don't think you're winning that case personally, but okay, I'm not a lawyer. But I will say, uh, from what I gathered, because um, I remember watching an interview with, with Miss Stella Huerta, and I believe that she was kind of dealing with some some substance stuff. I think she was like uh, addicted to pills at one point from what she had said. Um, So maybe she was just going through a time where, you know, she was actively addicted to something. I don't know. This is all alleged, but I'm just, if she's come out and said like, Hey, look, I had a bit of an issue back in the day or like whatever, then it wouldn't surprise me if that was also during around this time, maybe um, is what it seemed like. Uh, because I don't know, like the way she performs is just, I don't know. And, and the thing is, is if you watch any of her other stuff, like, it's not like she has this, like, she doesn't have this huge range, you know what I mean? But like, it's one of these things where I'm just like, yeah, in this movie, it's very, uh, could be very wooden if you will. Um, but yeah, needless to say that it was not exactly a, um, yeah, the Hollywood Reporter reported on it and all of this. And, and they, uh, yeah, she did not win, needless to say. Uh, anyway, so then this was released um, by the Film Arcade in about 10 U.S. theaters, um, like I said, on February 7th. Uh, and it was released video on demand by Lionsgate. Um, and uh, let's just say this movie did not do very well in terms of um, release or any of that stuff. I will also say, too, that I was looking up... I tried to find information about this movie, really, and it's not like I can find a ton on it, which is why the kind of production history is a little sparse. But, you know, I did also see that like a lot of uh, people, actually, uh, people, nurses at the time in 2013 to 2014, um, you know, they actually had a petition um and a petition that pretty much was boycotting this 
you know, uh, movie saying that this kind of thing is detrimental to the profession of nursing and it shouldn't be around and it should be, you know, boycotted and whatever. Um, and I always want to give people not, I don't know about the benefit of the doubt necessarily in this case, but like, I think it's more so just like, everyone's feelings are valid, you know, but, um, I think with this movie in particular, I mean, it really was just this kind of like silly erotic thriller, honestly. Um, and I, for one, am somebody who I have worked in a hospital before. I used to work in human resources in a hospital. So I'm familiar with at least what it's like to work in, I guess the business side of a hospital and seeing people come in and getting hired all the time and then people leaving and all this kind of stuff. But a hospital is a very intense environment. And I will say that nurses, yeah, it's fucking tough, dude. Um, and you know, uh, it kind of ranges from all sorts of different people, but like, you know, I I think it's a profession that is very, uh, could be a little shat upon if you will. Um, but like also I think it's super duper important. I mean, literally nurses do make the hospital run, I think. And it's just, they're very important. And so I'd never want to, you know, it's never a thing of demeaning or anything like that. You know, it, it's, you're with the patient the most, you know what I mean? I get on a whole soapbox about that, believe you me. But, you know, I just think that this movie in particular, I, I don't think it was trying to, uh, to offend anybody. I don't think it was trying to like, uh, do anything crazy like that. Um, you know, it really was just more. So I, I think this honestly just came from the idea of like this, kind of successful photo campaign for saw um and for the saw sequels i think it really just came kind of from that like let's take this sexy nurse with blood on her and then you know um let's make a story about that pretty much is what that is um because it's interesting that when you even look at like um the, the photos for this movie, one of them is literally Paz de la Huerta, just like naked, because she's been naked throughout this whole fucking movie, um, just covered in blood. So, I mean, it's pretty on the nose, I think, in that way. But yeah. Um, so, Frank Sheck from The Hollywood Reporter, he criticizes the direction, script writing, uh, saying, quote, director uh, Doug, I never know how to say his, <laughs> I never know how to say his last name. Arnaskovsky, uh, Arna, oh my God, Doug, Doug, Doug A, um, <laughs> and co-screenwriter David Lowry uh, failed to infuse the overly familiar elements with the necessary dark humor. Um, you then have Neil um, Genslinger of the New York Times who commented, doesn't have any of the wit that a film like this needs to have, um, needs to give it um, campy coolness. Uh, also, apparently, Peter uh, Sobzinski some of these names y'all i cannot but uh he actually gave it a positive review it rated it two and a half stars writing quote it is ridiculously lurid trash from start to finish and anyone trying to argue otherwise is just as crazy as as crazy as its central character however while it uh while its aim may be low throughout it at least comes close to consistently hitting its targets um, and then the village voice uh, gave it a negative review opening that it quote, never truly embraced its B movie trashiness. Um, 
I I can agree with Scott though, or sorry, Peter. I can agree with him though because it is ridiculously lurid trash. So it kind of knows that it is in a way. I feel like um, the folks from Shock Till You Drop remarked that while they could understand why people uh, would not like this film, um, it would have a solid appeal for quote those very special people out there with very special tastes that embrace the quote awful and know how to have a little bit of fun and Fearnet's scott weinberg also echoed the statement saying that the film was quote nothing resembling a deep intellectual or insightful horror flick but that it was how quote however just a bit of good gruesome fun if you enjoy body count horror combined with a basic but serviceable plot yanked straight from uh, out of single white female um and so I think that's kind of what it all has to say about it. Like really is this movie, it, it is lurid trash and you know what? I like some trash here and there. Um, <laughs> as you may well know, if you listen to my show, um, of course, like I, I love some trash. Can't, can't get enough of it. Uh, apparently also the director did not want, uh, he, admitted that he would not make another movie in 3d because of all the demands of this format. Uh, and a lot of the 3d effects were CGI'd in afterward to save time and money on, uh, build sets as well. So, yeah, I mean like really that's what I have to say in terms of this. Um, so let's get a little bit into the story again. There's only so much here, but we will go through it. Um, so pretty much Abby Russell, who's played by Paz de la Huerta, she works as a nurse um, at All Saints Hospital, but is secretly a serial killer who targets unfaithful men. She murders a man by severing his femoral artery and then throws him off of the roof of a nightclub. The following day... Um, she attends the graduation ceremony of nurse Danny Rogers, played by Katrina Bowden, um, a student she mentored, and meets Danny's mother and father, um, stepfather Larry Cook, who's played by Martin Donovan. Um, however, Danny is ill-prepared for her first day on duty, and her superior, Dr. Morris, played by Judd Nelson, berates her for not responding quickly to an emergency. Abby views the situation with disgust, as she knows that Dr. Morris is a sadist who takes pleasure in tormenting new nurses. Uh, Abby is further irritated when Danny chooses to call her paramedic boyfriend, Steve, played by Corbin Blue, for support rather than approaching Abby herself. She is pleased when Danny's call to Steve ends badly due to a fight over Danny's refusal to move in with him. She explains to Abby that she is unwilling to trust her stepfather enough to leave him alone with her mother. And this distrust is later justified when Abby and Danny witness her stepfather having an affair while the two women are on their way to go drinking at a nightclub which results in Danny drinking that night. Unbeknownst to her, however, Abby spikes her uh, drink with a date rape drug, enabling Abby to get Danny to have sex with both her and random strangers. Um, and the next day, Danny wakes up to find herself in Abby's apartment and leaves, uh, despite Abby's plea for Danny to skip work and spend the day with her. Afterwards, Abby to uh, download several photos that she's taken from the previous night before leaving to see a psychiatrist uh, revealed to be Larry. Then Abby seduces Larry by saying that she's addicted to men, 
alluding to her past history with her father. Confirming that he is unfaithful to Danny's mother, Abby shows up at his place of work one day and convinces him to give her a ride, during which she paralyzes him with vecaronium bromide, uh, resulting in a car accident. Uh, after hearing of her stepfather's death, Danny seeks solace from Abby, only to, uh, for Abby to grow angry when Danny says that she will move in with her boyfriend. Abby comments that she hopes that Larry's genitals were severed in that car crash. And when Danny realizes that Abby knows about the car crash, even though Danny never told her how he died, uh, Danny leaves. This infuriates Abby, who decides that she will now hurt Danny instead of helping her. Uh, she slowly convinces uh, Detective John Rogan, played by Boris Kojo, uh, that uh, Danny is actually mentally unstable and obsessed with her. The next day, uh, Abby runs into Rachel Adams, a new human resource uh, employee, I guess the manager, who remarks that Abby greatly resembles a girl that she knew um, that was sent to a mental institution. Also, Rachel is played by um, Melanie uh, Scroffino, and she is a Canadian, but she is actually probably most well known for being uh, the coke addicted sister in Ready or Not. Uh but she's also just like a Canadian actress. Anyway, back to our plot. So yeah, uh, HR girl starts up and she and uh, Abby invites her out for drinks and takes the opportunity to harass Danny by calling her via Skype and showing Danny a video of Abby injecting chemicals into Rachel. Um, Danny tries to go to the police only for uh, Detective Rogan to dismiss her claims as evidence uh, of her trying to hurt Abby because the other woman didn't return her affections. Uh, he uses the photographs Abby took um, as proof to this effect, which Steve sees as a result of Danny summoning him to the police station for support. This prompts an argument between the two and Steve leaves in a fit of rage on his like little motorcycle. Cause he's so cool. Um, Danny tries to approach Dr. Morris for help, only for him to use this as an opportunity to blackmail Abby into having sex with him. Um, and so Abby intentionally pretends to agree to this arrangement, but uses the opportunity to dismember and murder him. Uh, that same night, Abby also knocks out Rachel and drags her away to her death. So then Danny goes to the mental institution referred to um, by Rachel, uh, she learns about a girl named Sarah Price, a little girl who killed her father after learning that she was ha he was having an affair um, and witnessing um, him severely beating her, um, her mother. So then uh, Danny discovers that a nurse named Abigail Russell at the institution took in Sarah. And so then Danny realizes that Abby is Sarah and has taken the name of her caretaker. Uh, Danny then tries to call Rachel on, um, you know, to warn her about Abby, only to find that Rachel's phone is actually in her car in the trunk. And then she receives a call from Abby, who was just having sex with a cop. Um, who, you know, I think she was having sex with the detective, to be honest, and who implies that she will kill Steve similarly to Rachel and we're coming to the the at tail end so Danny then rushes to the hospital where she and Abby begin to fight the staff initially um tries to intervene only for Abby to set off on a killing spree and lock herself in a lab um Danny and Steve they pursue her and Abby stabs Steve in the neck and runs off. Abby then rushes home where Detective Rogan confronts her and noticing that her uh, neighbor Jared uh, 
she pretty much pretends like Rogan is trying to rob her, and then Jared ends up hitting him in the head and killing him with a bat. Her neighbor's horrified to discover that uh, Rogan is a, a cop, um, but Abby convinces him to hide the body, saying that Rogan was corrupt and that Jared would be badly treated um, now that he is a cop killer. You know what they do to cop killers. Uh, and then, because of all this, Abby then uh, goes to a new hospital, and she then assumes the identity of the human resources manager, Rachel Adams. And she tells us all to have a lovely day while she gives us a smiley face uh, sticker. And that is the plot of Nurse 3D. So, yeah, you just kind of don't realize what happens the fuck to uh, Danny, honestly. Like, you're just like, all right, well, I guess this is what's going to happen. You don't find out at all. Like, literally, it's just kind of left on a cliffhanger, if you will. And then, uh, yeah. Apparently, though... There was actually a part of this script uh, there in an early draft where actually Danny was going to be like the crazy one, apparently. I didn't find out too much about that, but I did. I thought that was really interesting that if that was in the early script um, that they wanted to have that kind of that kind of turn for Danny. It would have given Katrina Bowden a little bit more to do, I think, which would have been way more interesting, I think. But it is what it is um because if anything this movie is uh i don't know there's not much to it to be to be perfectly honest um and you know i think some of the like standout scenes that i have for this because there's kind of no point to go into any sort of like you know character breakdown i mean obviously like our kind of big main characters are abby and danny but like you know they're very one note obviously like abby is kind of mentally unwell um and she is like literally killing people and danny is just somebody who's kind of a you know sort of a just bland character if anything like she's a a new nurse and of course new nurses have it real hard of course but like you know uh she doesn't have much to go off of there's not much depth to her um because there kind of isn't supposed to be i feel like so but yeah so there's that and then um (laughs) in terms of like any scenes that kind of stick out i mean i will say like the beginning where like paz de la huerta uh, abby she's like uh getting ready she has the voice over um (laughs) and she is like at the club and she seduces the guy on and she gets him on the um the roof of the nightclub or whatever. Uh, I always think that that's just like really fun. Um, because just the way she has this whole monologue and I'll, I'll actually, um, I will uh, read it for you now. I think I can do that real quick. Uh, she says, my name is Abigail Russell. I look like a slut, but don't be fooled. This is merely a disguise to lure the dangerous predators that walk among us. This is their jungle, their breeding ground, and tonight I'm on the hunt. These are the cheaters, the married lying scum. They are like diseased cells, cultured in alcoholic petri dishes, but destroy unsuspecting families and infect millions of innocent vaginas. There is not cure for the married cock, only me, the nurse. 
And that's literally the only quote that I have. <laughs> okay. Well, we need to we need to change that, okay? But like listen. <laughs> God Jesus Lord. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, that's that's the beginning, which is super fun. <laughs> I will say also, I love any of the scenes where Nishi Nash is there. So, like, for example, they have the scene where uh, Danny and Steve, like, are getting it on in, like, a fucking supply room or something. And Regina is uh, Nishi Nash's character. And so Regina sees her and be like, you know, you only got, like, five more minutes on your break, girl. But, you know, hey, like, your boyfriend's real cute. So, like, you know, <laughs> maybe I can get a taste. <laughs> you know, and, because, um, I mean, Corbett Blue is very cute. So, I mean, shit. Didn't he win Dancing with the Stars or something? I think he did. But, uh, anyway. But uh, anything she's in is, like, super fun. Or, like, when she's pissed off at, like, Rachel, the HR lady. Um, which I will say, too, like, just as somebody who's worked in HR in a healthcare setting, I mean, bitch, nobody's that happy. Like, to be perfectly honest with that. <laughs> like, not at all. I was like, this is, this is annoying. What the hell? But anyway, so... Uh, but, yeah, so that was, like, super fun to kind of see that. And, um, again, Nisi Nash is just, like, chewing the scenery. I love her so much. And then also just like any scene, like this is like wackadoodle hospital, wackadoodle high school, wackadoodle hospital, because I mean, you have a whole fucking scene where like, I think it's fucking like the doctor, Judd Nelson, Dr. Judd Nelson. I think he like literally is like having sex with somebody in his office. You know what I mean? You can just like see her tits like against the window. Like, come on now. Like this is like a wackadoodle hospital. Like none of this would ever happen, obviously, which is kind of like the over the topness of it. But really honestly, just seeing anything that Pazilla Harta does in this movie, to be perfectly honest, that's what I'm saying like with this film in particular is that this movie is something where I really do feel like it is everyone is in a different kind of movie you know and Paz is in her own movie okay she just is and it's just so fascinating to me and it's kind of uh, it's hard not to just watch it and just be like wow this really is just some shit you know what I mean? Like, this is really, this is something to behold, man. Um, one of the things, too, is that, like, the title card, they say during the last 30 years, the FBI has documented um, that more murders have occurred within the healthcare profession than any other profession. It has also produced the greatest number of known serial killers. Now, I will already tell you this because I am somebody who I do not really care for true crime like that so we're not about to go down the angels of death thing however i will say that you know i mean yeah you have some people who are like these quote angels of death who are healthcare workers generally nurses who pretty much have that ability or they pretty much are a lot of the time what they're doing is they're pretty much doing munchausen by proxy type stuff where like literally they're um keeping people sick or they're doing something to make their patients sick so that they can kind of be the savior in, you know, in the situation. I mean, they kind of get a sense of, um, they get a sense of adrenaline, but also like a sense of like, uh, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but like, uh, 
there's like this adulation there, I guess. Um, so it's it's one of these weird fucked up things, and you also don't know who the fuck you're gonna hurt. So anyway, but yeah, so <laughs> I, I see what they're saying with that. I don't know how much researched that is. Um, and it's interesting with Vecuronium that comes into this as well, because that actually was a part of a big kind of thing. I don't remember the nurse's name, and I'm not about to go look it up, to be honest. But there was a recent, from a couple of years back, there was a case of this nurse who actually used Vecuronium um and on a patient or something and it wasn't because they meant to do it but they didn't realize they thought they were giving them some other medication but they ended up giving them vecaronium and they didn't realize it apparently and they actually like literally they accidentally killed this woman and it was a whole thing i think it was rona ronda something like that Again, don't quote me. I, I know what I, I remember the case. I just don't remember all the ins and outs of it. But like, I do remember that. And I just thought that was interesting. A Vecaronium came up because uh, I, I don't think the person knew. Like the the nurse didn't really. She just didn't do her due diligence is what it sounded like. So or she was working a little bit too quick or she was, you know, not doing what she needed to do to make sure she wasn't, you know, giving something not great. Um, but yeah, (laughs) so there's that. And then I'm trying to think of other scenes that like are kind of worth, I mean, I will say like the end of the movie where like you have this like fucking hospital showdown where like Abby's like killing some of the fucking like, uh, patients and stuff and then you have like her like stabbing Steve and like you know Danny's just running all over the place it's like a fucking wild thing man and I will say that a lot of this 3D does not really work so like for example when she kills Dr. Morris like um (laughs) just the way she's holding some of this stuff because she has to do it for the 3D effect um and it's just so interesting because i never saw this in 3d i mean why would you have but like you know it's one of those things where i am just like i am uh yeah i'm fascinated by like 3d but i'm not somebody who likes to go to it like that i don't really think i'm that interested um fun little thing i don't love like the 3d like friday the 13th for example like i'm not a huge fan of that movie so like that's something where I'm like, screw this. And then like, I went and saw like, um, one of the spy kids, whichever one was in 3d, that one, I think I saw, uh, cause I remember seeing that and I got the glasses and shit, you know, cause that was cool back in like 2005 or whatever. But anyway, so like, that's what I remember doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what this movie is about. I, I don't really know what else I could kind of touch on really. Um, I think if anything, like, the plot of this movie uh, is kind of bonkers, but it's kind of your quintessential, like, quote, erotic thriller, if you will. Um, I do think there is a level of... There's a level of camp here where I do think, like, they were trying to do something where, you know, I don't know if they were necessarily taking this super seriously. I think they were trying to make a movie, if anything, and they were trying to make it a heightened thing because obviously like this does not happen in a hospital. Uh, these nurses do not look like nurses that are actually working in a hospital, which I can attest to, uh, you know, it's just this thing. And I think if anything, like 
it was just trying to be this kind of like lurid crazy time you know what i mean um lionsgate really came off of doing like uh the the saw franchise pretty much and so for this movie to even have gotten made and gotten anywhere you know i think was a was a pretty good deal if anything um you know and the fact that they even like were like yeah let's give positive her to her own movie like good for her you know what i mean uh yeah even though uh i don't think this is um <laughs> there's a lot around this movie that is really just like uh not exactly great in terms of just like uh if anything like she wants to say that this like ruined her career quote unquote and i don't know about that really because the thing about it is is that i enjoy paz de la Harta for what she can do however it's not like she has this like huge range of what she does um truly so uh and if anything like i'd want katrina bowden to get other work as well i think she is also somebody who only has so much range as well. Um, unfortunately to say that, but like, it's kind of true. Um, but she, you know, she's super cute girl, you know, and all that. But I, I think if anything, like, you know, I, this movie was just made to make a film. Really. I, I don't think there was like a ton of deep, like commentary or anything like that to kind of go into with this. And so I think if anything, like this movie is going to work for you. If you kind of like that, you know, lurid trash, if you will, like if you'd like a movie that is campy, kind of weird and over the top, um, it definitely has gore in it too, which is always super fun. Although a lot of it kind of is like CGI gore in a way, but like, you know, it is that kind of interesting, mix of you know there's the obsession movie like there's the obsession part of it there's also just like the little you know mystery like detective part of it as well um not even a mystery because you know who the killer is the whole time but like you know it's just one of those things of how they kind of deal with that um and i don't think it overstays its welcome i mean it's 84 minutes i honestly think like it couldn't have been any longer than this truly um and I, i think if anything like this movie has a interesting space. Uh, I didn't really get into, uh, cause I don't really, I, I, I don't have much to say about it, but like you could definitely kind of get into the whole like obsessive lesbian killer thing going on in this movie. Um, I am not, I don't really want to get into that to be honest, because if anything, like it's just kind of tired, um, and a little reductive to be honest. Like, it's just kind of like, uh, okay, like we've seen this before. Come on. Have you seen high tension spoilers, but still, you know what I mean? But like, you know, it's just like these things of, um, but again, I think it's people trying to like do something where, it's people trying to do something where you make something evocative and you make something that, you know, will kind of get the girls riled up, you know? Um, and if anything, they did get that. I mean, they had people who wanted to protest this and boycott this movie who were part of the nursing profession who were just like, this is trash, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And really it kind of just faded into obscurity. And then you have weirdos like me who want to, uh, keep this, 
trash alive and really uh, kind of just enjoy it for what it is. Um, so that's that's what I have to say about you know Nurse 3D is this movie is just kind of weird and crazy as hell, but I'm kind of into it though. And I'm not mad about ever watching it. I will say though, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I want to spend $24 on this on Amazon. Uh, really Amazon? Really? You kidding me? But you know what? Maybe I will though. Who knows? Um, but yeah, you can get it on Amazon if you want to for like 24 bucks on Blu-ray. That's cool. Um, it does every so often come up on like, like I said, the Roku channel is what I watched it on. Um, and also it was on, uh, Hulu back, uh, a while back. So that's how I actually first watched it. I believe, um, I don't think it comes on Tubi like that though, unfortunately, but I'm pretty sure you can probably catch it on Hulu or like Roku channel or something like that. That might be kind of fun to watch. Uh, you know, just kind of have that. I definitely think of anything like you got to go into this just knowing that it's not the best movie in the world. Um, but if anything, like I can get into some trash, I can get into some kind of weird ass camp, you know what I mean? And I do think that just Paz de la Horta's role in this in general is just worth seeing for at least once, you know what I mean? Like, because this movie is fucking wild. And then also just knowing the background that like, she sued Lionsgate and a bunch of other people involved for $55 million because this quote ruined her career. You know, all you can do is just insert the Marsha Brady gif here, you know? Okay. Sure. Pause. All right. You know, but yeah, I, I just think that's kind of what we have in terms of this. And uh, if anything, I do recommend this at least like a one-time watch. It's not going to be for everybody. Um, but if anything, I think it's super fun. And if you want to see Super Naked Paz de la Huerta, you come to the right place. Because this is exactly what you're going to get. You're going to see pretty much her whole vagina and like her boobs and everything. So like you'll be able to see all of it, baby. You also get to see Corn Blue's butt, which is super fun to watch. You do not get to see Katrina Bowden naked because she was like, not here, not now. Uh, so, but Paz was like, fuck it. Uh, screw all of you. I'm doing this. Um, so, there you go. Go off, sis. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah. So that's a little bit, uh, that's our episode on Nurse 3D celebrating its 10-year uh, little, you know, little anniversary kind of sort of um i just wanted to talk about it for sure this is a movie where i i do i gave this a four because i think it's just such trash but it's such fun trash though like, i i can't help but enjoy myself when i see it to be perfectly honest so yeah i mean couldn't pass it up and it also premiered 10 years ago you know uh in the u.s so that's super fun and cool and i had to do it so yeah but with all that being said though uh we're gonna do a little bit of a wrap up now so uh if you want to follow the show on social media you can do so at cult cinema circle on instagram and also twitter x i'm at cult cinema circle and you can also follow the show on letterboxd uh at jesse j-e-s-s-e k-r-e-m-p all one word or i guess if you look up cult cinema circle you can probably find me there so i post like what i'm watching uh and yeah i post 
post that. I post um, little reviews that I've done, things like that. Um, currently, right now, I am in the middle of doing, uh, because we're in the middle of Black History Month, so of course, but uh, I'm doing a uh, black horror movie every day. So if you've noticed that, um, I'm still going to keep doing that. So please give me suggestions if you want to. Uh, thankfully, Letterboxd and other places I can find like something to kind of put out 30 days, you know what I mean? Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I definitely want to uh, kind of run the gambit with all of it. Uh, I want to find some really good ones, but then also I'm also willing to watch some trash movies too. Like I'm totally fine with that as well. But yeah, that's a little bit about that. Um, and so also, you know, uh, please uh, rate, comment, subscribe to the show. Uh, give me a five stars and a one to two sentence review on your podcatcher of choice, um, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Google Podcasts is going away, I think, next month or something. So you won't be able to find me there, but you can find me on Audible and all over the fucking place. Uh, so that'll be super fun and yeah and just you know listen to my show support me like uh i love doing this and i enjoy it so you know for sure um in terms of what we're going to be covering next week well you know we're doing a little something uh because next week is the consumerist holiday that is valentine's day and i decided i wanted to cover a little movie from 2001 and i'm going to be covering the jamie blanks directed valentine uh Now, (laughs) I'm not going to speak too much right now, but, like, uh, of course I had to do Valentine. Um, Yeah, I I have a certain place in my heart for this movie, and you'll hear more about that next week. But, like, I will be covering that. If you've never heard of Valentine and, you know, you want to know a little bit what it's about. So, I mean, it's kind of about Valentine's Day, but not really, though. Um, It is from 2001. And uh, Valentine is uh, four friends uh, start receiving morbid Valentine's cards and they realize that they're being stalked by somebody that they had spurned 13 years ago. And then a mass killer is on the loose and Valentine's Day is soon approaching. So that is what we're looking at in terms of Valentine. Um, But yeah, I think that's everything that I can think right now. But thank you so much for, you know, listening to the cult cinema circle podcast um i hope you come back next week and listen and remember there is no cure for the married cock only me the nurse take care y'all bye